but Jim went home to be with the Lord, uh, I think Thursday last week. Um, he, he was sure of his salvation too, and he's in heaven, he's worshiping the day where we all want to be, so. But Sue's here, she's, she says she's okay, you know how that older generation is, and you can handle anything, but I'm sure she's struggling to some extent. So pray for her, pray for the family. I know they have some kids that are away from the Lord, so just be in prayer for them. So keep all those things in your prayers. All right? Well, today uh, we are privileged. Um, again, as I've told you before, um, I'm 10 years in the Southern Baptist Convention. Prior to that, I come from up north in an independent uh, situation, uh, independent church. And the more that I learn about what the convention, uh, the Florida Baptist Convention and the, and the Southern Baptist Convention do and what we're about, the prouder I am to be a Southern Baptist. And uh, we're grateful for, yes, that's right. We're grateful as Florida Baptists to be under Tommy Green's leadership. He has done a phenomenal transformation of the convention here in the state. And uh, as we've said before, 51 cents out of every dollar that goes into the convention goes to missions. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. That means the gospel is going out uh, at, all over the place. Uh, but today we're privileged. Dr. Jeff Singletary, um, he is our regional catalyst. <laughs> Not sure what exactly that means, but he, I guess he's the one that's the cattle prod for the region. I don't know what that means, but maybe he can explain that a little bit. Um, but he's been a friend. Uh, we know him. His son was in my daughter's class at Word of Life, and we've heard Jeff speak many, many times. And we're privileged to have him and his wife Amber, and I forget your name, Erica, uh, here to visiting with us. And uh, Jeff, if you come and tell us what's on your heart. Well, good morning, good morning. It is a blessing to be with you this morning. Thank you, Mike. Let's see here. The green light is on. There you go. I thought green mean gold. Well, it is a joy to be with you this morning. And your great, most efficient pastor, Pastor Steve, and to his bride, and to his pride, it is good to, to be with you this morning. I bring you greetings from the Florida Baptist Convention with uh, our executive director, Dr. Tommy Green, and, uh, and to my, my bride and my pride that's here this morning. It's always good to have them traveling with me. And so, just a couple of things. Uh, as uh, Pastor mentioned, I am the regional catalyst for the Central Florida. There's about 800 churches in this region that I, I my goal and heart is to come alongside of the church and the pastors and help facilitate what God is doing in and through the, the local church. So my job simply is to serve the local church. And so that's what I do. My God, my heart is to be a servant to the people of God. In fact, it's what I want to share with you this morning, uh, some of the things that God has been doing, uh, both in this region and beyond Florida as well. And so, so with that said, allow me to pray and we'll be happy. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we just come before you, God, today. We come, Father, faithful and grateful for the privilege that you have given us, Lord God, to stand behind this sacred desk. And God, to proclaim the uncompromising and unadulterated word this morning. And so, Father, we ask, God, that you would give us ears to hear. Give us hearts, hearts that are open unto the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, you are the potter, we are the clay. Take our lives. Father, shape us, mold us, make us, break us if you have to, but make us the people of God. And then, Father, when it's all said and done, God will be careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. For we ask all these things in Christ's name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. And amen. Allow me to call you, your attention to John's Gospel, John chapter 6. I want to talk with you this morning about there, there is no blessing without brokenness. No blessing.
blessing without brokenness. You see, First Baptist of Hudson, God, many times, God must do something in us before he can do something for us. I'm going to say that again. God wants to do something in us before he can do something for us. Uh, we, we, we all want the, the blessing without the breaking. We want the blessing without the breaking. You see, in our, in our text this morning, I want us to see, we see there are people who are, who are following Jesus for a blessing plan. Nothing has changed in 2,000 years. <laughs> if you got a blessing plan, you can get a crowd. And, and, and so Jesus, they were, they were following Jesus uh, because they had discovered that Jesus had a blessing plan. In fact, his blessing plan had two parts to it, kind of like our insurance plan. <laughs> part A, part B. It, and and it, it, it was two parts. It, 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 had, a, it had a medical plan and it had a meal plan. <laughs> and and so, so when you got a medical plan and a meal plan, now I know you got a food pantry, but, 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 but when you put the two together, when you put the meal and the medicine, you can get a crowd. As long as it's not medical, you know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all get that later, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. You've got to be in Denver to get that package. But anyway, they, 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 they wanted the blessing plan. They had discovered, they had found the, the blessing. And so this morning, I, I simply stopped by to say to First Baptist of Hudson, to tell you this morning that there's no true blessing without brokenness. That's God's plan. You see, the people, there are three movements of thought I want us to see this morning as we work through this text this morning. The first thing I want us to see is that the people were following him because of the miraculous. They were following him because of the miraculous. You know, I said that, that there is no, there's no blessing without breaking. Two years ago when the storms came through, when Irma and Maria devastated parts of the Caribbean, we had just begun to form some relationship with the VI, the Florida Baptist Convention. And if you remember that, 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 that Irma hit uh, the VI first and devastated it. Dr. Tommy Green said to me, to go and to see how we might be a blessing, how we might assist the folks in the VI. And when I went there and, and began to see the devastation, devastation like I've never seen before, devastation that, that rocked their world, that rocked my world. In fact, they were six months without electricity. They were six months without light and running water. You remember that same storm hit parts of Florida. We lost power at our home. We lost power at our home for 24 hours. I was about to go snap crack them. Pop! <laughs> get them lights back on. Somebody better get them lights back on. Because we're used to convenience. We're used to the meal plan. We're used to the medical plan. But there is no blessing without breaking. And so, as I was down there working with them and, and trying to help them, trying to understand, God, what is it that we can do? God, how can we help? How can we assist? How can we be a blessing to the VI? How can we do that? How can we be that? And so we began to discover. One of the things that spoke to me, one of the things that hit me was that you know, that FEMA, FEMA can, can provide bread, uh, bricks and mortar. Red Cross can do uh, bread and butter. But only the church of Jesus Christ, only the church of Jesus Christ can provide hope. Hal Lindsey, in his great book, Great Late Planet Earth, and some of you may remember that, Hal Lindsey said this, he said, that a man can live, 
can live 40 days without food. I did that one day. I know it don't look like it, but I did that one time. <laughs> but a man can live 40 days without food. He said eight days. Three days without water. Eight minutes without air. But only a second without hope. Only a second without hope. Yes, FEMA can give, provide bricks and mortar. Red Cross can do bread and butter. But only the church can give hope. And so what, I, what became impressive upon me was that our role as a church was to provide hope for hurting people. Hope for hungry people. And so we began to see how can we do that? What role does the church, what role does the Florida Baptist, what role does the convention have in helping and assisting people who have been devastated? And so one of the things, as I was praying one night, about 3 o'clock, God just spoke to my heart and, and said, feed them the 5,000. Feed them the 5,000. And we began to, to mobilize our team with the strategy to provide food Every, every night, we were, our goal was to feed 5,000 people plus every night. God blessed. And that's what we did. We was able, as Florida Baptists, to feed 5,000 people every night. In St. Thomas, on St. John, in St. Croix. There's another item some of you have probably never heard of called Dominica. Dominica. Dominica is further down on the, in, in, uh, in the, uh, on the, they call the, the, the windward chain divides. And so we went down there. And we began to minister to them. And, and as I began to, to do that, one of the things that happened was that there was an organization called Food for the Poor. Food for the Poor heard what we were doing. And Food for the Poor contacted me and said, Pastor Singletary, we heard about what you did in the Virgin Islands. And we would like for you, we'd like to meet with you because we want to provide all the food that you need in your, doing your feet of the 5,000 across the Caribbean. And so I went to meet with this group called Food for the Poor. Anybody ever heard of Food for the Poor? I'd never heard of them. And I, I discovered that they were, that they are a Catholic organization. They're, they're a Catholic ministry that feed a million people a day. I said, ooh. And so I said, well, let me just be clear. I'm Baptist, you're Catholic. The two should ever meet. Now, how, how, what is it that you want with me? They said, Pastor Singer, we've heard about what you're doing in the Caribbean. We heard about what you did in the VI, what you did on St. Thomas, St. Croix, and St. We heard about, and we, we want to partner with you. We want to provide all the food that you need to go throughout the Caribbean with the mm -hmm. feet of the 5,000. I was like, really? Really? And so I, I'm on the board of, of uh, the Florida Baptist Children's Home. And on the, on the journal, I, I, was, I was at a meeting there one day, and, and I was sharing with the board the, this meeting I had with the Catholic organization in Fort Lauderdale. And after I finished sharing with them, Dr. Hayden, president of the, of the, uh, of the Florida Baptist Church, he came and he said, he said, Dr. Singletary, he said, I like what you were sharing. He said, let's just, let's just keep it in the family. So I said, come again? He said, let's just keep it in the family. You know, it's like a, uh, on different stroke, I was like, what'd you say, Willis? <laughs> he said, we will provide all the food that you need to do your feeding of the 5,000 in the Caribbean. I said, really? He said, absolutely. What are you trying to say? Here, here, here's, here's what I'm saying. You, you see, there, there's no blessing without brokenness. The, the blessing became because of the brokenness. Because what the, the hurricane, what the storm had devastated, the blessing was able to flow because there's brokenness. Brokenness. In March of this year, we had the privilege of taking a team 
about 40 churches that collaborated. We went down to the devastated island of Dominica. And for 10 days, we did island-wide crusades and food distribution. We would go in, and, and, and every night we would be either in a village, in a city, and we would have four locations where we preached the gospel and did food distribution. Every night we fed 5,000 people. And we saw hundreds coming to Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. In the VI, we, we did citywide, a citywide and an island crusade that we saw thousands coming to the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. In fact, in Dominica, in Dominica, in Dominica, we, we had a two hundred a two million dollars, excuse me, a two million dollar impact on the island of Dominica. You believe that? God provided a two million dollar impact. I didn't see it coming. In fact, if you asked me prior to the storm, I would say I couldn't come up with it. I, I couldn't see, I couldn't fathom how to come up with two million dollars to give away to impact an island or to impact any place. But God provides. But before the, the before the blessing, there's a brokenness. You see, the people were following Jesus for the medical, for the for the miraculous. Look at the text. The text in John says this. It says in first in John chapter six, verse one says, "Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shores." of the Sea of Galilee, that is, the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. The sick. You see, they saw the medical plan. They were following Jesus for the medical plan because Jesus was able, Jesus was healing the sick. Jesus was raising. They saw Jesus doing great and miraculous things. So they followed him. Look, look at verse 14. Verse 14 says, And after the people saw the signs Jesus performed, what sign? The sign of the feeding of the 5,000. You see, every night, every night when we would do the, we had the feeding of the 5,000. If I could put pictures up, you would see thousands of people gathered. Every night, every night when we would do the crusade, thousands of people, because after the crusade, there was a food distribution. In Dominica, when we would have the crusade, we would do the crusade in churches. And four churches across the village, and every village, every church was packed because people came for the bread. You see, physical people come for physical needs. And sometimes, before you can meet the spiritual need, you've got to meet the physical need. Every night, you see, the bread and butter was a setup. <laughs> There's a setup. And so they came. Notice the text. The text said, they came not just for a medical plan, but for a meal plan. Verse 13 said, verse 14 says, and after the people saw the signs Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Did they get it? Did they get the message? Did they, were they seeing it clearly? No, they were not seeing it clearly yet. They were still mesmerized by the meal plan. It is hard to get them to hear if you can't get them here. It's hard to get them to hear if you can't get them here. Jesus knew how to reach people where they are. So you gotta, you, you gotta reach them where they are before you can take them where they ought to be. You, 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 you can't clean a fish before you catch it. You gotta catch it first. Many times, many times the church, the church is trying to clean fish they hadn't caught yet. We got all these rules and regulations. We got all this stuff. How they gotta come to church? They gotta come this way. They gotta dress this way. They gotta walk this way. They gotta talk to them. You know, first catch the fish. Jesus said, render your heart, not your garment. Render your heart, 
Not your garment. See, we want, we want to get the garment right before the heart get right. Jesus says to them, notice, he says, they say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. You see, a good shepherd, the great shepherd, always has compassion for his flock. When Jesus saw the crowd, listen to me this morning, when Jesus saw the crowd, he saw three things. He saw their physical needs, he saw their emotional needs, he saw their spiritual needs. When he saw them coming across the field, down the path, he said to the disciples, see the crowd coming. See the multitude. They saw people. Huh! They saw needy people. They saw hurting people. And they saw the people just adding to their already burden. You know, sometimes pastors, sometimes preachers, we just see people adding stuff to our place. Because our cup already running over. Already running over. Most pastors are wore out, tired. They, they got more they can say grace over. When the mother two came, Jesus saw. Yeah. Remember, in another one of the synoptic gospel, that Jesus they said, they said, send him away. <laughs> send him away. Jesus said, no. <laughs> See, the pastors wanted to send him away. The preachers wanted to send him. The evangelists had sent him away. God says, no. Let's meet their needs. <clears throat> Let me ask you. When you see the crowd, what do you see? Who do you see? Do you see their needs? The physical needs are easy to see. There are people who today are here with physical needs. There are people who today are with emotional needs. There are people here today with spiritual needs. Notice, Jesus was prepared to reach them, to minister to them at every level, at, at every level, on every stretch. You see, Jesus, Jesus is like a good lawyer. He never asks a question he doesn't know the answer to. Never asks a question he doesn't know the answer to. You see, therefore, in verse 5, Jesus asked Philip, look at verse 5. He asked Philip, he said, then Jesus lifted up his eyes and, and seeing the, the great multitude coming towards him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Now we know that, we know from the text that there were 5,000 men plus women and children. Philip, I can only imagine the disciples like, you must be out of your mind. An intellectual question, answer. A logical answer. Notice what Philip said. Philip said in verse 10, but this he said to test. But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip, in verse, verse 7 said, Philip answered him, 200 denarii's worth of bread, not sufficient for them, that everyone of them may have a little. In fact, one text said, word said, might have a bite. The king says, that everybody might have a bite. He says, 200 denarii. In fact, he said, he said a, a half a year of wages couldn't feed that crowd. At best we could get them, give them is a bite. You ever, you ever had a bite or something? I'm gonna tell you, look right, you, a bite ain't gonna help me very much. <laughs> I'm gonna eat more than a bite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a, I may need to supersize it. <laughs> he says, he says, if we had 200 denarii, all we could do is give them a little bit. All we could do is provide for just a bite. Notice, notice he says, verse 8, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter, brother said to him, there's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? The disciples. They assess the situation. 
They drew logical conclusions. They were men who were thinkers. They were looking within their ability to provide for them. They didn't understand, nor did they see or understand the gravity of the moment, nor who was among them. Most of the time, that's the way we are. We don't understand the resources, the resources that are available to us. Because we keep looking at our hands, and our hands are empty. Notice the text, notice they answered, their answer revealed that they did not understand whose presence they were in. They did not understand that there, that there's never a shortage of bread when you're with the bread of life. Amen. They didn't understand that. Yes. Jesus took this teachable moment to reveal three things about his divinity. Three things about his, his divinity. First of all, let's see. His divinity on display. His divinity on display. The first thing we see that we discover about his divinity is that he's a, he's a multiplier. He's a multiplier. Before, but before he can multiply, he must organize. Before he become a multiplier, he's an organizer. He must set things in order. God does everything decent and in order. You see, before he can, before you can receive the blessing, you must get organized because God doesn't like waste. And haste make waste. Haste make waste. God wants us to spend the time on the front end getting prepared so you don't waste the blessing plan. Notice in verse, in verse 10, he's the organizer. Not just the multiplier, but he's the organizer. Look at verse 10. Verse 10 says, then Jesus said, make the people do what? Yeah. You know how when you have your, your food pantry, people show up, they just disorder. You know, they disorder, disgruntled, and, and, and they got issues. And people with issues don't like organization. They, 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 every time they show up, it's chaos. Jesus, here's about 15,000 plus people. Jesus said the first thing, the first thing we must do is we must get organized around here. Have them to sit down in order. Have them to sit down with a he first established a system of distribution. No matter what you do, you need order. Because without order, you got chaos. And with chaos, you've got confusion. And my Bible tells me that he's not the author of confusion. See, there are people who are always struggling. You know, there are some people who are always struggling. You know why they're always struggling? Because they can't get together. They can never get organized. They can, it's always it's mass confusion. It, it's mass hysteria. Because they, 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 they're too busy and they can't get organized. So you can't get blessed. Even if it were, but you couldn't see it. You wouldn't know it. This lady, the church I used to be at, she had a band. Big band. She would ride by herself in this van. And the van would be packed with stuff. <laughs> stuff. Just paper everywhere. I kid you not. From ceiling to floor, this van would be packed with all kind of stuff. And all she could do was squeeze her. She couldn't, she couldn't give anybody a ride. She couldn't pick anybody up. Because all she had space was to squeeze in the driver's seat. If she had a check, she couldn't find it. You see, before the blessing, there's a breaking. Before the multiplication, there's organization. Jesus told him, say, who, who was he talking to? He wasn't talking to people. He was talking to leadership. He told the disciples, get them organized. Oh, get them organized. And, and, and have, have them to sit in order. 
And once they were set, Jesus took it and he blessed and he gave the, the meal, he gave the rice, he gave the bread, he gave the, the fish to the disciples and told the disciples to distribute it to all who was doing what? See, if you want to be blessed, you've got to get in order. And you've got to know how to follow orders. He didn't say give them who's standing up. Because the instruction was, a lot of times people come to the proof bank, they want to do their own thing. They want to do what they want to do, when they want to do it, how they want to do it. You tell them to step outside. But if you want to be fed, if you want to, here's the line. The line is right here. You see, you can't allow people to dictate their confusion into your order. He says, before the multiplication, there's got to be organization. Jesus is a God of order. The power, the miraculous take place in the order. He says, notice, notice what he does as he organizes. He says to them, he said, Jesus said to them, make them to sit down. And now that there was much grass in the place, he said, that was much faith. That, that, they were on the side of the fact I was in Israel in, Jan in February this year. I was in Israel. And, and, I, and I was at the place where they, the feet of the 5,000 took place. It's on the mountain. It's plenty of space. He stood out. Get organized. Cut the foolishness out. Stop the complaint. Get organized. See, too many times people want to do what they want to do. God says, he said, notice the text. It was much grass, and he said, so the men sat down and there were 5,000. You see, the blessing, the blessing is before the breaking. The blessing always involved recognizing from which the source, always recognizing the source from which the blessing flows from. Notice the text, look at verse 11. Verse 11 says, and Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks to God, when he had given thanks, you see, Jesus took the bread, he took the loaves, and he held them up, and he began to thank God. And always, the, it starts, part of the burgeoning, part of the breakening is recognizing where your source comes from. You know, that's why we say grace, isn't it? Before we eat. That's why we say grace, because... We recognize who provided this for us. We recognize who provided this bread. We recognize who provided this meal. We recognize the source of it. Like the little kid. Little kid was asked his mother, could he spend, spend the night? Could he have dinner over at Johnny's house, his neighbor? Mom says, you know, says, sure, sure, you can have dinner at Johnny's house tonight. And so he was at Johnny's house that night and he was having dinner with Johnny's family. And he was sitting at the table, he was a Christian boy. He was sitting at the table and, uh, and, 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 and the mother had put the table, had set the table, had food and everything, and everybody sat down and just started eating. The little boy was just sitting there. And the dad was eating, the mother was eating, the kids was eating, and the little boy was just sitting there. And they, and they looked up, looked up, and the dad, the dad looked up and saw the little boy just sitting there. He was just, he was just sitting there. And the dad said, Johnny, you all right? I said, yes, sir. He said, Johnny, he said, what's wrong? You, you, you're not hungry? He said, yes, sir. He said, Johnny, what, he said, what, what, what's, the, what's the problem? Johnny said, y'all just like my dog. He said, say, what's the He said, y'all just like my dog. He said, so what do you mean by that? Johnny said, what? He doesn't say grease either. Now, see, Johnny recognized there's a blessing for the breaking. You, 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 before you engage, before you endure, give God thanks for the provision that He's provided. How do you think you pay for it? Because you work on the job. Bible says, Paul says, I move, we move and have our being 
in him. Mm -hmm. You see, the long clock didn't wake you up this morning. He touched you this morning. You know how I know? Their alarm clocks went off that people didn't move. Mm -hmm. And so, so we start with the blessing. We start with recognizing that the source of it. And that's what Jesus did. He took it, the bread, he took the fish, and he blessed it. He gave thanks. He gave thanks. He distributed to the disciples. And the disciples took disciples uh, to those sitting down. And likewise, the fish also, as much as they wanted. As much as they wanted. Not only is he a multiplier, here's the second thing, he's a satisfier. They ate, how much? Lord, that's, that's my kind of, that's my, that's my, yes sir, that's my kind of miracle right there, right there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's kind of what I... And, and see, when we talked, when we went to, to, to Dominica and we began to minister, we had the people came and took as much as they could carry. There was not a shortage in, in Dominica. There was not a shortage in Dominica because God provided the feeding of the 5,000. You ask me, I couldn't tell you how it's going to happen. I was mesmerized. I was blown away when they told me, you understand what, what we just did? I said, what do you mean? And, and the people, the, the team from the children's home, when they calculated the distribution, they told me we gave away at a cost of $2 million. Say what? We have crunched the numbers. And the containers that we shipped down and the food that we distributed was at a cost of $2 million. He's a multiplier. He's a satisfier. Look, look at the text. The text, says, the text says in verse 12, verse 12 says, And when they had all had eaten, had all enough to eat, he said to the disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be waste. Yeah. Let nothing be waste. You see, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you, can you, can you imagine with your sanctified imagination? Think of it. Take, in your sanctified imagination, can you imagine sitting there with those people? They're sitting on the ground, and every time they would take a bite of the bread, they would grow. Mm -hmm. Every time they would bite the fish, they would grow. Man, that's the kind of sandwich I want from so Subway. <laughs> Shucks. You know. Now that's, that's the real supersize. That's the real supersize. McDonald's Burger King be faking. They, they got them fake sandwiches. But that's, a, that's you know, what they say, you want to supersize it, Mr. Secretary? I say, supersize it. That's supersizing it. Every time that they would take a bite, it would grow. It would multiply. 5,000 men, probably 10,000 children, probably 10,000 women. Everybody feasted off of five barley loaves. You know, they probably, probably were just little biscuits. Probably just little biscuits. And, and two small fish, they were probably just sardines. Come on now. Come on now. I, li I like a good can of sardines. When I was a little boy, I was a little boy, we used to go, I mean, we'd go to work in the field. And we'd go to work in the field, and our mama, my grandmama would give me, she will give me a, a can of sardines and some crackers. Amen. With some hot sauce in my pocket. Y'all don't know about that, y'all don't know about that. And, and, and at lunchtime, I would pop that can, I would, I would pop that can, and sit on the tree, and, 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 and eat my sardines and, uh, and my crackers with a little hot sauce. Yeah. That's good eating. That's good eating. Yeah. You see, the blessing. There's no blessing without breaking it. Can I submit to you this morning that the blessing was not just in, in the quantity. I submit to you the blessing was in the taste. You see, you see, you may be hungry and cause you to eat something but it won't cause you to stuff yourself with it. Mm -hmm. 
He said, let go of the left. The fragment. Go pick up the leftovers. Why did Jesus send the disciples to pick up the leftovers? And everyone came back with what? A bag full. Every disciple came back with a basket full of fragments. Jesus said, now what do you have again? Here's the message. God is always enough. He, he always able to provide more than you need. He's bigger than all of your problems. He's bigger. You can't write a check he can't catch. He's able to supply your greatest need. He wants us to make him the first option, not the last choice. You know, we say when you tried everything, isn't that the song we say? When you tried everything and everything failed, try Jesus. Isn't that what we say? That's just bad theology. That's just bad theology. God wants to be your first choice, not your last option. He's a multiplier. He's a satisfier. He's a sanctifier. That's his plan. First Baptist this morning, whatever you need, God got it. God got it. He simply wants us to recognize who presence we're in. He wants us to understand that you, that, that, that greater is he that lives in you than he that is in the world. With God, you are more, more than a conqueror. And no matter what you, where you are this morning, no matter what you're trying to say grace over this morning, no, no matter what you're up against this morning, he's bigger than your problem. You see, when you've got a problem that looks insurmountable, know this, that the God that you serve is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can do what? Ask or think according to the power that work within who? You. Isn't that what the text says? Now to him who's able uh, to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can. He says, then when you've reached extents, the extent of your diction, think on it. Uh, when you can't pronounce it, just think on it. Above all that you can ask one thing. But then why are we struggling? Because we're looking to the wrong source. Because there is no blessing without breaking. God has to do something in us before he can do something for us. Perhaps why you're not being blessed is because you hadn't been broken yet. Perhaps because you haven't surrendered yet. You're still trying to work it out on your own. You're still trying to figure it out on your own. You're still trying to, because you, you got a degree, because you, you, you're smart, you're intelligent. You're trying to figure this out. Well, he wants to work it out. God wants you to walk it out while he work it out. He says, cast all of your cares upon him. Why? He cares for you. You believe that this morning? He cares. You. Would you stand with me this morning? Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray for, for everyone that's under the sound of my voice this morning. God, you said, Father, your yoke is easy and your burdens are light. You said, Come unto me, all you that are heavy laden, and I will give you. 
Lay that, lay that weary head upon my breast. I pray, Father, this morning for that one who needs help. For that one who needs hope. For that one who needs redemption. I pray for that one that needs a second chance. I pray for that one who needs broken. That one who said, who was saved this morning, Father, here am I. Send me. Here am I. Use me. Here am I. Break me. So you can use me. I pray, Father, Lord God, that you would speak to the heart of your people. That you would draw them to you today. That, Father, for that one that do not know you as their personal Savior, may they surrender their heart and their life to you so that there may be a blessing after the breaking. Show yourself mighty in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, brother. This as we sing this last song, I know in this room, there's a couple different kinds of people. There's some of you that think you're all right with God. They think you got it figured out. They think that when you get there to heaven that he's going to say, you are a good enough person to get here. The Bible says totally the opposite. You need to be broken. You need to be broken. understand that you're lost and you're dying and you will pay the penalty of your sin in hell if something happens between now and then and some of you this morning you know who you are i pray for you by name this morning mm -hmm. don't let this invitation go without getting things right with jesus for salvation if you're here and you're struggling with some things Sometimes we as Christians, matter of fact, many times we as Christians need to be broken over our sinfulness. Mm -hmm. Not for salvation. That we talk about in Sunday school. Because we've lost our fellowship with the Lord because of sin. Because our joy is gone. As we talked in Sunday school, in Psalm 51, David lost his joy because he didn't confess his sin. And therefore, when he talked, people weren't getting saved. You need to take care of things with God.